Eva. Yes. This is the National Gallery of Scotland. It was built in 1859, designed by an Edinburgh architect called Playfair. Mm -hmm. And actually, as you can see, it's Princess Street Gardens is on one side and the Waverley Station is on the other side. But actually, it was a dump originally, this whole, this whole area, and they kind of transformed it. Stevenson used to walk around here, Robert Louis Stevenson, because he was uh -huh. a native of Edinburgh, and he'd walk around and he was always, he, he could see up there when they knocked down buildings on the high street, he'd look down and he'd look at this and say, oh my God, he was horrified at what was going on. But this whole Grecian style with the pillars and everything, it's, it's what I think it's a beautiful building and its companion buildings are equally beautiful. They're in, apparently they're different Greek styles, but they're both Greek. Mm. And when did you first come here? I first came here in 19... I was 17, when was that? 17. That was 1963. It was incredible. And just the whole ambience, the way the building is put together, the design of the building, the, the paintings being so immediate, you know, mm. which is... I love it. I love it. Have you been here before? I've never been here before. This is your first time? This is my first time here, oh, yeah. Wow. And I spent a fair amount of time in Edinburgh. I did the fringe a couple of times and things and I've walked past and I thought I should go in there, but just haven't got to it yet. No. Well, it'll be lovely to be shown around by you. Ah, uh, well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's a while since I've been here, but yeah. No. So, right, so let's we'll go, let's get in. Walk up the steps. Here we are. Here we go. Hello, Jill. Hello, uh, welcome to the Scottish National Gallery. And Jill, this is Eva. Hi, Hi, Eva. We've got our National Art Passes. Great. With the National Art Passes, you get 50% off our paid-for exhibitions. That's excellent. Yeah. We're just through that door and I hope you enjoy your visit. Thank you. Hi, I'm the actor Brian Cox and I'm here at the Scottish National Gallery in Edinburgh with fellow actor Eva Hickey. And this is Meet, Meet Me at, at the, the Museum. Museum. So here we are in the cafe, yeah. which is a very good place to start. This is probably my favourite museum or gallery in the world. Actually, the three of them, this and the modern art gallery. Because I think Scottish art is... I don't know, there's something about Scottish art which I've only really put together in, in the last years. Is it's, very, it's very adventurous. Mm. It took things on. The colourists... Peplo, Cattle, Leslie Hunter. There was the, uh, the Glasgow Boys, who were a whole group of painters. And then there were these odd, wonderful characters like Joan Adley, you know, who's, a, to me, one of my favourite painters of all time. Did you become interested in that when you first visited here? Or well, is that a recent kind no, of... No, it's sort of accumulative, really, Eva. I mean, it was very early on. I mean, I, I came here when I was 17. And ostensibly, I came for a, the drama conference, which was happening in um, at the McEwen Hall. Was that through Dundee Rep, or was that...? Uh, I had just finished in Dundee. I was on my way to Lambda, funny oh, enough, right. as a student. I was on my way there, and it was, it was the festival. And there was this big drama festival where all kinds of extraordinary people were appearing. UNESCO was there, and... Nice. So I came here, but then this exhibition was on here. I saw I had time to kill. And it was the Modigliani, who was an Italian painter who lived in France, who died rather early. 
and a uh, Jewish painter called Chaim Soutin, and they were both being exhibited. And I came in, and I was blown away by the place. I just thought, wow, this is an incredible place. I mean, the, the, the exhibition was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal, and I, I completely loved it. And then I started to get interested in that, and I did start to paint at one point. My ex-wife said, I don't think you should pursue that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't. Shall we go in? Well, here we are, here going we through go. the double doors. Thank you. Now, I think we should, you should see the Rembrandt. Really, have you never seen the Rembrandt? No. You, Eva, here we are in Dutch and Flemish art. And this is probably the greatest artist, I think, probably of all times. Mm -hmm. And that is Rembrandt. Rembrandt. Rembrandt van Rijn. Let's just take a good look at that. It's so dark, but you can still see so much. I know, I know. Very drawn to his nose. Yes. Yeah, yeah. well, he, you know, he wasn't, he, he wasn't exactly the most beautiful person in the world, but what a face. And to be able to paint your own face. Yeah. Like that. I mean, that's incredible. And, he, and of course, there's a whole series of portraits of him from young to old. Mm. And this is, the, luckily we've got this, which is, I think, an absolute gem of a painting. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's breathtaking. Just the detail of the, he the head and the look in the eyes, the way they... Very honest. It's very honest, yeah. Yeah. But it's also so alive, you know, it's so real. It is, definitely. You know? Yeah, I mean, you're right, the light, there's not a lot of light because it's so dark, but the light comes from there. Yeah. And that's where you go. Exactly. I don't know how he did that. Well, he's a genius. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing about him. He's a genius. And yeah. he's, you see, I think it's about being. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what he understands. He just, he just is. Yeah. So there's a sort of immediacy about it. And it's about what I think we should be doing in acting. Yeah, there's no mask about that. There's no, in acting we, we become what that is. Yeah. And we just be it, mm -hmm. you know. A great director once said that to me. He would give me this note, he said, Brian, don't just do something, stand there. Mm. <laughs> and I went, oh, oh. It's like a revelation. That's what he does. He just mm. is. He's there. Yeah. He's not, there's no effort in it. It's just the only thing is in the creation of the paint. And when you look at it more, you, it actually takes you in. You, you begin to see the shape of it. Mm. Yeah, the more you look, the more you do see. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, that's, that's kind of a question I have for you. How much of looking at art do you then take into to, to acting or to... I think... Well, I was asked that question the other day by the people who were organising this. But, and I was saying, oh, I don't know. And then I thought about it. Of course. All the time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's why I go to galleries. Yeah. I mean, I just, it's automatic. Because it's a, it's a moment in time. It's a suspension of mm. something. And so when you're suspended, you, you take it in. And this is a great example. Yeah. The humanity of it. Yeah, exactly. And that's what we do. Yeah. That's our job mm -hmm. as well. And so, so in a way, you know, we do it automatically. We don't even think about it. So, Brian, we both did a Scenes for Survival with National Theatre Scotland last yeah. summer in 2020, right after the first 
lockdown. Um, and I filmed mine in my bathroom in Dundee, and you filmed yours in the US, right? I filmed mine in my cabin upstate New York. Scenes for Survival is a National Theatre of Scotland project which came about in 2020 in response to the COVID pandemic. 55 digital pieces of theatre were recorded that summer in the homes of Scottish actors in the UK and abroad. Myself and Brian were two of those actors. All of the films are available on the National Theatre of Scotland website. I miss the pub. Pubs plural. All pubs. Pubs many and various. I'd even risk the ones I wouldn't normally visit. As an ex-cop, there are places you know to avoid people with... So I did this film, uh, and it was about Rebus, you know, a famous Edinburgh detective written by Ian Rankin, and it was Ian Rankin's script. And he'd never done that. He'd never, he, was, he was fascinated because it's direct-to-camera, and, it's, and it was the first time he'd ever conceived of such a thing, and he was surprised and shocked at it. So I do that. And it's Rebus who's in retirement now, and he's been looked after. He's and it's COVID, and he's got his old uh, assistant coming to bring him food and stuff like that. And he's a wee bit helpless. It's quite nice. It's a nice story. Feel like it. You can zoom people, she says. What people? Huh? The people I like are like me, and people like me can't get their heads round Zoom and all the rest. And I did Tiger Is Out, which was a piece written by Ollie Emanuel and directed by Lou Kemp. And it was about this 15-year-old girl whose older brother had recently passed away and so her parents had bought her a pet tiger. Um, and as you so, do. As you do. And so she was in the bathroom sort of eating her packet of crisps while the tiger was prowling about outside the door. and she just sort of didn't really know what to do with it. And you did this in Dundee? I did it in Dundee, yeah. And how did you manage to get a, a tiger outside the well, door in Dundee? because it was quite a, a young tiger, we figured that it was kind of like my Labrador size, right. so we had him walk about outside a little bit, but we, it didn't, he, he didn't take direction very well. So, um, <laughs> so we, ended up, do. we ended <laughs> up doing it with uh, different types of effects. We were very inventive. Seriously, like an actual tiger. About a year old. Same size as a Labrador. All muscle. Thick. Hard. Weighs almost as much as me. So, this is nice, isn't it? I mean, considering that we've both been affected by the pandemic, we were both involved in these scenes from the Scottish National Theatre. Mm. And finally... We're free. We get to meet one another. Yes. Now, look at this. This one. The top one. Angelica Cove. 1741 to 1807. Angelica Kaufman. And that's her painting. It's ironic that she paints... Oh, he's he's an emigre Polish count trained as an architect. Mm, he designed the King's Theatre in London. Yeah, it is quite a size. Like it's, and it, but he's holding um, his his sort of drawings, and he's he's like a. Do you know what that's called? That he's holding the the little. It's a compass. 
Again. He was an architect, so yeah. that's probably what that is. That's incredible. I, yeah. I, this is a later painter. I mean, this is not somebody who was of the, the Renaissance period. I mean, she, yeah, she was in the late 18th century, early, mm. early 19th century. She died. But it's still amazing. Yeah, and it's interesting that he's looking like kind of right at you as well. Yeah. I kind of get... It, it's a nice sort of... I don't know, you see the whole of him, I suppose. Yeah. Under the hat. My next project, a live stage play that I've written, is about two artists and their relationship. And they don't really get on very well and probably shouldn't be working together. Um, but it's a, it's a real absurdist piece and talks about what it's like to be a female creative. And then also how that's, I guess, made me interested in other artists and the type of work that's out there, performance-wise, contemporary-wise, but also, you know, female painters and, and how, how the landscape has evolved. I didn't really realise how much that also can relate to theatre and performance and how art is similar across the forms, I guess. You see it in our business, mm -hmm. how women are treated. All our great actors, for me in this country, are Vanessa Redgrave, Judy Dench, Eileen Atkins. That's the great people. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of good male actors, but they are formidable, those mm -hmm. three, for a start. Now I feel one wants to look at the female influence mm -hmm. of, of those artists, uh, of those women, you know. I, I mean, like, we didn't see Beth Morissette, who's one of the few French female impressionists, she was an amazing artist. So, and there are always these women in that mood. Margaret MacDonald as well, who did the most extraordinary stuff. And of course, my particular favourite is, is, is this Joan Adley, who sadly died at the age of 42. She had breast cancer, so in the early 60s. Mm -hmm. But her work is phenomenal, mm -hmm. truly phenomenal. I mean, she, I think she's a truly, truly great artist. And I've only come to her very, very recently mm -hmm. because I didn't know about a lot of that. Well, I suppose it's just an alternative perspective to what we're fed or what we're given a yeah. lot of the time I think you know I, I probably know more in terms of like female directors or female playwrights or but it's exactly just, the same thing yeah it's the same problem it's, it's the exactly same. the same and it's also the same vision too yeah when you get a really great female playwright or you get you know a Sarah Kane or one mm. of those you know it's something which is so incredibly positive on it mm. that's why I'm so proud of Scotland because there's a lot of that happening here yeah there I mean really the theatre is. is so healthy here it's always been healthy yeah. but it's m even more healthy now because of you know people like Cora Bissett you know those yeah. kind of women Lou Kemp you yeah. know these women who are doing this amazing kind of work you mm -hmm. know and it's kind of interesting to me also how many women were behind a lot of these men yeah, yeah. and how yeah. you know what was that influence uh, yeah as well I suppose well uh, you know the pre-Raphaelites there were so many women around the pre-Raphaelites who don't get their just desserts women of influence you know and I think that's that's what I came here today just wanting to kind of reignite that thread mm -hmm. which is such now in, you know in the early part of the 21st century is very important, you know. Yeah. I've definitely become more interested in art over the past few years. Uh, my best friend's just about to finish her art degree at Duncan of Jordanston in Dundee. And since sort of she started, I think it's kind of also coincided with my interest kind of peaking in, in art. Like, as a child, I never went to galleries or anything like that. 
And it wasn't until I started traveling as a teenager and went into railing and went to different countries and visited different places that I started going to galleries and learning a bit about specific painters or artists and becoming interested in their processes and how that sort of correlates with my creative process. I think it's just kind of grown over time quite naturally. Hi, Hello, hi, hi. It's so wonderful to have both of you here. By Thank you, in, on, in the Scottish National Gallery on a really busy day as yeah, well. It's, it's very, very busy. pleasing. Lots yeah. of people here. So uh, what's your name and title? <laughs> what is I'll your rank and serial number? My name is Christopher Baker. I'm the Director of European and Scottish Art and Portraiture for the National Galleries of Scotland. And it's wonderful to have you both here today. I think we've both met in the Portrait Gallery in the past. Distant. I had a portrait once in the Portrait Indeed. Gallery. So I don't know if it's still there. Mm-hmm. I think it's still there. My sister's kept saying. <laughs> You've got brown eyes in the painting. You haven't got brown eyes. You've got blue eyes. Got blue eyes. But the painting's got you with brown eyes. <laughs> and I said, it's the style of the painting. Basically. It's the style Sorry. of the painting. Anyway, it's lovely to have you back in the National Gallery. Thank well. you. That's it's what always I'm great to, to be here. And um, it's great to have the opportunity to talk with you both about some of our most famous pictures, including the magnificent Monarch of the Glen, which mm. we're, we're standing in front of. I think this is one of those paintings that when many people think of Scotland, they think of this picture. Mm. Yeah, it's um, emblematic. It is emblematic, exactly. Um, Intriguingly, it has a rather complicated history. Um, It was painted in London, not in Scotland. It was painted by Landseer, who was a Londoner, but passionate about Scotland. He came to Scotland many times through the 19th century. And this was painted in about 1850, 1851. And it wasn't intended for Scotland. It was intended, unbelievably, for a dining room in the House of Lords in London. Uh, can you imagine having your venison and then, you know, looking yeah, exactly. looking, looking up for that? <laughs> having your bit of venison. <laughs> exactly, then. Oh, exactly. Um, and for various reasons, partly because all the commissions and paintings that were being produced for Parliament then were too expensive, it didn't end up there, and it went into a private collection. And it's been in private collections and corporate collections up until about five years ago when we were able to acquire it. You've only had it for five years? Yeah, we've only had it that long. Isn't that extraordinary? But has it been here longer than five years? It's been um, on show at various exhibitions oh, yeah. here in other I places. Keep, I, I'm sure I've seen it here more yeah. than five years ago. Absolutely right. But it's only, it's only now does it actually belong to us all. Throughout, throughout from the middle of the 19th century right up to five years ago, it was privately owned, but now it's everybody's. Although it's been privately owned, it's one of those pictures that everybody knows because it was reproduced so many times. On whiskey bottles, on shortbread boxes, on just about every souvenir you'd care to name, and prints as well. And it became a... And Lancia didn't have copyright. At the very beginning he did, during his own life, but subsequently not. There's a key thing. Um, And he was a clever money man. Um, ah. he'd, he'd have, he'd have yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what year did you say it was painted? 1851. 1851. So right, right bang in the middle of the 19th century. Um, but it became better and better known through all these reproductions. Yeah. And it turned from being a sort of Scottish icon to being a global icon, I think, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, most particularly through, through whiskey. We should, can we have a close look? Come, oh, yeah. Reproduces very well because ostensibly it's so simple. This magnificent stag, um, triumphant, the mist rising from the glen behind him. Very, very simple. But Landseer was a very sophisticated artist. The detail is amazing. Mm. Can you see the sort of moisture on his snout? Yes. I was thinking, I thought that was a reflection on the glass, but it's it's actually brilliantly picked up. And you know what I also love? 
the snowdrops. Yeah. Yeah. I love because yeah. I've just been up in Aberfeldy, and it's all full of these snowdrops. So you can even place what time of year. Is, exactly. Is right. Yeah. No, he's he's very sensitive to details of plants and geology, and and he knew his wildlife. He knew his animals. He'd mm. um, he he sort of extensively yeah, travelled across. This Scotland. is amazing. It's actually a it's a royal stag, and we know that because it's got twelve points or yeah. times on it. You can, if you count the number up there, that means it's a, it's a particularly magnificent sort of specimen, yeah. essentially. And it's one of those pictures that people come from all around the world to see, which is wonderful. Wow. They're really drawn to it. I've been sitting watching, actually, this afternoon. It's understandable, actually. Yeah. And it's, it's a picture that people take selfies in front of. They want to be connected with it, which is really nice. But what's so great is to come and look at it with your eyes, because then you begin to see things in it that, of course, the, the image of the stag is so overwhelming that you don't see this incredible really detail cool. that he's done all down here with the, the brush and the, the, the lichen and the, and the snowdrops. It's mm. incredible. It is amazing. No, you're, you're, I mean, you're absolutely right. He was a fabulous technician. He did very careful drawings, and then he used them in his studio as the basis for um, amazing pictures like this. Mm. One, thing we, one great mystery about this picture, we don't know where it's set. And there are mountains and glens all over Scotland that claim to be the setting because they all wanted the connection with Landseer and yeah. with this amazing picture. But it's probably know. like a movie. It's probably a compilation of a lot of places that he's been. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, it's a composite. Exactly. That's I'm hoping to direct a movie in Scotland mm. next year. And uh, yeah, and uh, I've been going around looking at looking at locations, and I said, yeah, I could use a bit of that. And then if I go to Aberfeldy, I use a wee bit of that. And then. Yeah, maybe that would be a bit of put locker in You're a modern dancer. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. They definitely pose like this, though. Every time I've seen a stag, yeah. they pose for you like that. Yeah. They do. It's very alert, isn't it? It's yeah. sort also, of sniffing the air. Sort I, of love, I love on the body here, this detail here, the different shades of brown that he uses. I mm. just think that's fantastic. It is. Mm. It's so sophisticated. It like, really is. Yeah. Uh, and he's got the texture right, and he's got the, the sort of bulk and the weight of the animal right, hasn't he? Absolutely. It's, it's believable and, and frightening, actually. I mean, it's yeah. a real brute strength there, I think. It's so fantastic to look at it, re look at it, because you, it's, it's iconic, of course, but then it's more than that. The, the, there's a reality about it yeah. which is so powerful. Mm. Uh, it's a very, it's, it is a very um, impressive picture. We've got an embarrassment of riches, too many nice things to look at, but I'd really like to take you to see Lady Agnew by Sargent, if that's OK. Absolutely. One of my favourites, just round the corner here. <gasps> oh, wow. Look. It is a wow picture, isn't oh, it's, it? It's, it's, it's sensational. It's just, what do you think? It's stunning. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. You're just totally captivated by her. Yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. Look at that face. Look at, that, look at that face. Yeah. She's what just, does that face say to you? She's looking right at you and she's just allowing you to look at her as well. Yeah. And, and the colours are so, I don't know, complimentary. It's, it feels very accurate, the detail in the chair and, the, Wait, and in that, the dress. I think that's interesting what you said about the detail in the chair because the chair is actually quite generally painted. Yeah. It's there, and you get it, but you get it at a mm. distance. But if you look up, it's quite... The thing is, it's all on her. Yes. It's all about her, and everything is moving towards her. Even that wonderful way her arm is over, the, her left arm is over the edge of the chair there. Mm. It's, it's also, you, you put it beautifully, you said she allows you 
to look at her. Yeah. That's right. And I think you're absolutely right. That's there right. is a relationship there. You come and look at this painting, and it's a very intimate, quite, quite slightly intimidating relationship. Well, mm. there is something... There's a confrontational, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I was, I was doing my research on uh, John Singer Sargent, who I love. I just love his paintings. And, you know, he was... He painted portraiture until about 1907, and then he, got, he didn't paint portraits after that because that was also the way he earned his living, was doing the portraits. But then he went into... Because he also painted some wonderful landscape stuff, and there's some really stuff of his which is so excellent that's not just this. But the great thing about this painting is the story behind it. Yeah. Mm. She was married to this man, and they didn't really have... who was much older than her, and they didn't really have a very good relationship. Mm. But it was a pretty awful relationship. She was all, everybody was also complaining that they say, oh, she was ill at this point, she wasn't very well, and, and, that, and that's kind of gone down in mythology. Yeah. Singer Sargent was bisexual. There was no question about it. He was very happy in that. He never married. I think she's really... She's really seducing him. Yeah. Yes. I think that's what she's doing, and I think he gets seduced. Because mm. the interesting thing is, where she eventually lived, he only lived about three doors away. Oh, <laughs> I see. It is, it is, you're absolutely right. And it's, really, and it's a complicated and rich dialogue between the husband, Noel Agnew, Lady Agnew, and the artist. Yes. And that we know, we, it's really frustrating because we don't know too much about it. There's a, there's a gap in the middle there because um, her husband paid for the picture but then backed away. She went and held all these sittings in uh, Sargent's um, wonderful, elegant studio in London. And the result clearly is um, the consequence of the chemistry yeah, between them. And I, there's I there's no, there's no question in my mind that the, yeah. there was, they had a thing. Yeah. They definitely yeah. had a thing. <laughs> I don't that. think there's any question about it. Look at the way she's yeah. looking. Yeah. Look at the way she's yeah. sort of, she's so open to him. There are key journeys which are always to do with paintings, like going to Paris for the first time, and going to the, well, they had the old Tuileries before they had the Musée d'Orsay. When you went in the Tuileries, all the pictures were just hanging up, and some of them were a bit, bit crooked, you know? mm. <laughs> like uh, Van Gogh's, you know, the postmaster, the one yeah. the famous, that was on the wall, you know, he was, and he was like, he was, his painting was a bit like that, it was a bit crooked. So you just thought, this is incredible, you know, yeah. this art that was so available. Mm. And that's what I liked about this place, because the art is so available to you, just you, know, you just it's there. Mm. Whereas a lot of museums, it's all about the museum and like the Prado, or the Louvre, and they're exhausting, they're tiring. You know, yeah. you get knackered. But this place, I've never been knackered in this place. Mm. The painting I love most about this, it's my favourite painting. It's a very simple painting. It's a painting of a wee boy with a, he's got a horn on his back and he's got. I think it's a fishing rod, mm. and he's got these... It, it's the boots that get me, because the boots are too big for him. Mm. It's, it's a painting by Lepage, and, it, and he's a cheeky wee boy. What I love about that painting, why it means so much to me, is it's, it's a painting of a wee naff, you know, kind of kid that I was, grew up with. Mm. You know, and there's nothing fancy about him. And, he, and also... I didn't know it at the time, but he gave rise to the, the whole Glasgow school where everything became much more realist-based. Mm. You know, impressionist, but realist. It wasn't anything to do with the highfalutins, you know. You know there were no priests. The there, were no, there was no... Yeah, lots Jesus. Of, there, were, there were no angels, no, angels, no Jesus, <laughs> no Marys. It was just what it was. Yeah. was this, 
wee boy and uh, and and rose because the French did that the French mm. freed everybody up and the Scots took it and ran with it mm. I'm Frances Fowl and I'm the curator of French art at the National oh, Gallery right. oh, wow, wow. can I help you are you looking well, for something specific yeah, well, we are looking for uh, the Lepage painting, uh, do nothing, nothing to do. Parmesh, yes, uh, nothing doing. Nothing right? doing, yes, that's yeah, right, nothing yeah, doing, yeah. Parmesh. Yeah. Um, so it's normally next door. I could show you where it normally hangs. I don't know if that's of interest. But, well, it's it's um, not there. It's not there. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm sorry, I know it's, your, it's absolutely your favourite painting. It's actually one of mine. Oh, I love it. Well, I think, you know, paintings have to go, um, I mean, they do have to be, when you circulate, the yeah, we, we we oh yeah, so we revolve the collection, but we do, we, we lend out a great deal, and you lend a great deal, yeah. So, that, um, but, but a lot of museums do that, don't yes, they? I mean, yes, that's yeah. how they keep the things rolling. You know, exactly. suddenly you find a painting in Chicago that you saw five weeks ago in the Louvre. You know, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what happens. You know, that's the, that's the great thing about it. Mm. It's a good community, though. That's what I love about yes. it. The, the, the international community is really strong in that way. Yeah, way. it's really it's really good. It's kind of um, you talk about reciprocal lending. So, we, so if someone's nice to us, we'll be nice to them. So it's a shame it's not here, but um, you'll be able to see it this summer um, in our um, exhibition, A Taste for Impressionism, which opens on the thirtieth so of what, July. What's the idea of that exhibition? The exhibition's about collecting really how how all the pictures, the French pictures in the National Galleries of Scotland came to Scotland. Oh, right. Yeah. And well, that must be a big exhibition, isn't it? It's quite a big exhibition, yeah. yes. It's got some uh, quite interesting themes. And that'll be here in the summer? It'll be here in the summer, and it'll be right through the summer until mid-November. Right. So that's something to see at the festival. And it has a subtitle, which is um, French art from Millet to Matisse, or modern French art from Millet to Matisse. And there will be some loans, too, from um, collections around Scotland and, it, and, and the UK, and it's going to have some quite interesting photographs in it and sort of correspondence and oh, um, wow. invoices. Okay. And uh, there's a section which is on fakes, um, which is a particular interest of mine. <laughs> so, forgeries. Fakes and forgeries. Because at times the National Galleries, like everyone, were susceptible to this kind of problem in the art market, really. So, yes, yeah, so there there's one picture in particular which is focused in, in the, on in the first room. Um, but I'm not going to reveal... No. Which, Which works one? are fakes. No, well, everybody will just have to come and see it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there is a painting you might be interested in, which, okay. which, was, it was, which it influenced. Parmesh, yes. Okay. So if you, if you could follow me. Oh, Parmesh, yeah. It started a whole movement of painting as yes, well. Yes, yes. Particularly yes. Scottish painters. Oh, absolutely, you yeah. Know, all no, the Glasgow boys were so influenced by that. They were know. hugely influenced. And actually, um, I don't know, do you remember this one? Oh, yes. The, the James Guthrie. Yeah, the... Oh, yeah. Heinz daughter. This is an excellent example of. Yeah, that's how very. That's very. This Gothic painting was. I'm talking about. This is very much uh, part of it. That wee lassie. Mm. Shall, that shall, I, shall I describe? Yes, what please, you're at? please yeah, do. So you can see a little girl. It's called a Heinz daughter. So Heinz was a skilled farm labourer, and mm. um, and basically they were given the land in return for working for the estate, and um, she so she's just cutting cabbages. For, perhaps for their dinner. I mean, we, you know, it might just be for them. Um, although um, uh, I always actually wonder whether if it really is a cabbage because you can see it looks like Brussels sprouts here. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so it's influenced by Bastien Lepage because he used this square brush stroke. He had these 
paintbrushes which had kind of square ends on them. Mm. And there's a very distinctive brushstroke which was developed by the Glasgow boys, and it's often referred to as kind of mosaic-like. Um, and the other thing which, which is very distinctive is, is the fact that it's got this high horizon line. Um, because, you know, if you look at a conventional landscape, normally it, you don't have a th- everything sort of in the vertical and pushed up to the, yeah. to the surface like this, or to the, to the um, horizon. And it, it means that you get this kind of slightly different viewpoint. Mm. It pushes everything up to the surface. It makes it much more like a pattern or, um, you know, kind of tapestry almost. Mm. And that's the effect they were trying to achieve. But I love, I love this little girl. I mean, it's so, she's so... She's quite... Bastien Lepage's paintings tend to be a bit more sentimental, although yeah. Per Mesh, actually, he's quite a cheeky little boy. No, it's, it's cheeky, cheeky little boy. boy that's, not, that's not sentimental at all. It's not no. at all, is it? <laughs> but I, I suppose it's understandable that it's sentimental because he's trying to... He's trying to start something, isn't he? So you can understand that the sentimental reasons creep in and other guys take it and, and other la- ladies as well take yeah. it and run with it and run with it in a slightly different direction. Yeah. And that's a very good example. You know, it's, that's not sentimental. Though. Is there a lack of Scottish artists in galleries in the US? Like, do you not come across it very much? Uh, there, no, there are some there. It's, again, it's egalitarian, so there are people who are included. You know, there, mm. there are some. But the, the, the key thing is to do with our work and how it affects our work. And I think that the Scots have a kind of real purity of vision. Mm-hmm. So when you come here, when you come back, you're reminded of a kind of aesthetic and artistic imperative that the Scots have. I'm, I'm sure other people, I know the French have had it, it's been true. It, it, you know, it, we don't... We don't we don't blow our own trumpet in the same way. No. We never do. We always, we always apologise for. You know, my mother's greatest praise for anything that was good was, oh, it's quite nice, <laughs> you know, and that was it. We don't yeah. blow our own trumpet in a way that we should. We should actually just celebrate ourselves more. Yeah. And I think that's what you see with these painters, these extraordinary women who are slightly hidden away. They are fantastic, mm-hmm. and you remind yourself of that. And it also goes back to why I became what I became. Because it, 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 it prompted me in a way that no other thing prompted me. You know, like seeing that exhibition of Soutin and, and, and Modigliani and those amazing nudes that he did, Modigliani, it triggered something that I couldn't necessarily make the connection at the age of 17. Mm. But as I get older, I can make the connection more and more and more. Yeah. That I understand where that imperative is and what that imperative means and how we, you know, I mean, we're... That's why I'm, I've also now become a Scottish nationalist, mm. for the same reasons, because I want to free up all of that stuff mm-hmm. in a way that hasn't been freed for centuries. It's never been freed, but it's there. It's so there. You know, when you look at those paintings, when you look at John Erdley's work, you go, that's it. That's what it's about. Mm. I wanted to look at the John Duncan. You may know John Duncan as an artist. Do you? I don't know him well. Because he comes no. from Dundee. Oh, what? Oh, he's a Dundonian. Yes. So this is it here. It's an amazing painting, isn't it? Wow. Um, and it's you pain- never think a Dundonian, Dundonian would have painted that, would you? <laughs> I know, right? I mean, that's not very Dundonian, it's is it? It's not that very painting? Dundonian. Not at all. I can him. He's the Dundee lad. Right. I don't think so. <laughs> but he is. We're looking at this incredibly complex painting, very beautiful painting. Dunny. Highly decorative. And it shows two angels who are carrying this little girl in a white dress um, and she, she represents St Bride. She's been carried across the sea so they're flying through the air and they're accompanied by seagulls and this seal in the sea below and in the distance you can see 
you can just see Iona, you can just see the church on Iona. Uh, so this, this links it to the idea of the coming of Christianity. But it also has this very strong link to the story of bride and the coming of light, the, the, the idea of pa the pagan coming of light. And her saint's day was, I think it was around about the 1st of February. So it's the moment between the two equinoxes when, the, when it just begins to get lighter, oh, you know. Yeah. Right. So you know how you always are really aware of that in the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> living in Scotland, yeah. you're very aware. Yeah, you are very aware of it. <laughs> but this is an astonishing painting particularly painted by Dundonian. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the things that seem Dundonian about it are the seagulls and the seal, I suppose. Yeah. You yeah. could maybe see them cutting about the river Tay somewhere. It's very also interesting that the angel at the front is very much connected uh, with the, the St Bride. The angel, it's almost like a head has been put on afterwards. At the back. Because, you know, at the back. Mm. She's, she, does, she seems to be oblivious of anything. She's mm -hmm. just going, you know, she's on with her job or whatever it is. Well, there's some kind of relationship going on with the two figures, yeah. The, mm. the St. Bride and the front angel. It's like a level of care from the front angel. Yeah, that's like, right. The way she's holding her and, as and, well. the old, and the back one is saying, no, let's yeah. just get on with it. Let's get her delivered. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you see, that's what we do. We make up stories. I we think we so. Being of our profession, we look at a picture and we immediately start making a story out of it. Yeah, yeah. We, we, you can't help it. You just no. do. It. But that's, that's what's that's so great about these paintings, I think, because they, you can kind of you know get your own response to them. That's really. right. Yeah. That's right. It's it's tremendous. So, Eva, what did you think? What was your what was your memory of the afternoon? I think it was just amazing to kind of come in and see such a variety of pieces. I think, I especially, I, I mean, I'm sort of drawn back to the Lady Agnes. The, the Lady Agnew, the, the whole painting is called Lady Agnew of Loch Nall. Of Loch Nall. Well, you kind of, you can't really turn that corner and not be wowed by her. I think that was, that was a real highlight. And then also just getting to learn about the, the different artists and the different... I don't know, that sounds really obvious, but it was a real education. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with the obvious. Yeah, <laughs> but it was... Um, and I think getting to look at art as an actor is really... It's that humanity that we were talking about, mm. the, the something in the eyes or the, the detail mm. of your hands or however... Uh, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I, I, my, my thing was what reminded me, what this afternoon reminded me of is the stories is the stories in each painting and the, mm. the little moments that you don't always see first time around, the textures. I mean, like looking at the monarch of the glen and seeing the texture and seeing, you know, what he's standing and all the grass and the snowdrops and the detail of that, which is so slight and mm. because everybody's so aware of the monarch. And no, it's just that's what was so exciting about today is why painting, what it does and it. What, what it triggers off. Mm. See, the other thing that, to me, which I think is so extraordinary about Scottish painting, you know, they all grow out of one another. They yeah. all contribute to one another. It, it's what the Scots have. They have this sort of sensibility to take something forward, you know, and a lot of times they get thwarted in that way. But just in terms of what they contribute and what they see and the vision, and that... That was what's so amazing about this afternoon, is, is the vision of what's around you. And that's what, that's what for me, reignited me about it. Mm. You know?
Thanks for listening to Meet Me at the Museum with me, Brian Cox. And me, Ava Hickey, here at the Scottish National Gallery in Edinburgh. If you like this episode of the podcast, please rate, subscribe or tell a friend. And don't forget, you can show your love for museums with a National Art Pass. It gives you great benefits at hundreds of venues whilst raising money to support them.